Bethany Covenant Church Sermon Podcast. We are a multi-generational community in Berlin, Connecticut. Our services are held Sundays at 9.30 a.m., and you can find out more about us at www.bethanycovenant.org. Good morning. The text for today, 1 Peter 4, 7 through 11, has already been read for us in the worship service. But listen again to verse 11. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength that God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. Today I begin a new sermon series based on the gifts given by the Holy Spirit. Today's an introduction. It's an overview. Basically, I am setting the table for us to enjoy the feast of God's goodness given to us by Jesus and manifested in us by the Holy Spirit. Join me in prayer as we begin this new adventure together. Heavenly Father, to whom we owe our existence and through whose Son Jesus we owe our salvation, help us come to a deeper understanding of the Holy Spirit that dwells in us, and that gifts us uniquely to be effective at accomplishing your purposes in our lives and for the winning and building up of people everywhere in your ways. May we come not only to a deeper understanding of our spiritual gifts, but a stronger passion and practice of deploying them for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. I begin with this. We belong. We belong by creation. And I mean by that all of us. There's no exception. We belong. Every living human being belongs by creation. Listen, listen to Genesis 1.27. So, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. The key word for this text would be the word potential. At our birth... All the possibilities are there. All the tools are available. The opportunity is there for every human being to be completely fulfilled, living life as abundantly in God's grace and power as is possible. We are born with full potential. I refer to this as the first breath. Genesis 2-7, The Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. The bottom line is that I belong to God because God makes me. Every human being belongs to God because every human being is a creation of God. Creation is the starting point, and by it, we all belong. But also, we belong by redemption. That is, those who have received Jesus, God's Son. In John 1, verse 12 and on, we read, To all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. Receiving Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord is the only way to unlock the full potential of what we were created for. 
Once we have received Christ, then these words from John's first letter become for us a reality. 1 John 3, 2. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Here the key word is actual. Through our journey, it does not begin here, but the possibility for real life begins here. Once a person has received Christ as Savior and Lord, the potential becomes unlocked in a way that only God can unlock it, and our God-desired life commences. From potential to actual, or to say it another way, from image to likeness. I refer to this as the second breath. Listen to John 20, 21 and following. Jesus said again, peace be with you. As the Father sent me, I now send you. After he said this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. We receive two breaths from God, one at our birth that makes us alive, the second at our new birth that makes us fully alive. And our lives, breathing, are a journey. The Bible often speaks about the people of God being pilgrims, people on the move, going somewhere on a journey. The key to being on the journey God has made for us is found in saying yes to Jesus as the Lord of our personal life. Yes, the first time. Yes, the next day. Yes, the day after that. Yes, every moment. If our response is yes, then we will be on a great journey of faith, trusting God to show the way and help us to succeed. If our response is yes, then we will be on a journey of grace, allowing God to care for us and care for others through us. And if our response is yes, we will be on a magnificent, challenging, wonder-filled journey both with and toward God. This journey can be described many ways, but for this series, there's an image that to me works very well. It comes from the book written by Harold Grant, Magdala Thompson, and Thomas E. Clark entitled, From Image to Likeness, A Jungian Path in the Gospel Journey. Listen to what they write, and I quote, The title of our book, From Image to Likeness, invites the reader both to marvel at the greatness of our human endowment, our creation according to God's image, and to yearn for the fulfillment of our human destiny, the time when we shall be like him because we shall see him as he really is. 1 John 3, 2, end of quote. Our journey is a journey of belonging. Belonging to God because of our creation in his image, our potential, and belonging to God because of our redemption, which makes us into the likeness of his son, Jesus, our actual, our ultimate fulfillment. My friends, we belong. God has always had a, had a way to help us travel well in this journey from image to likeness. And God gives gifts to help us succeed together. So my third point is we are gifted. Potentially all of us, actually the redeemed among us. There are three gift lists in the New Testament 
a case could be made for a fourth, but we'll just stick with the three for now. The first list is found in 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 11. Listen to this. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he gives them to each one just as he determines. Wisdom. The revelation of practical godly insight beyond what is natural that enables a person to know what to do or what to say. Knowledge. Revelation of information for a person or a group or a situation that is not knowable naturally. Faith. A wonder-working belief in God's ability and God's desire to accomplish something extraordinary. Healing. The pronouncement and the touch that brings about God's supernatural healing. Miracles the demonstration of the power of God that goes beyond natural laws. Prophecy, the proclamation of God that brings encouragement, exhortation, and comfort. Discernment, a revelation of what spirit is at work in a situation. Tongues, the speaking of an unlearned language in the worship of God. Interpretation, the ability to interpret an unlearned language for the whole church to receive instruction or encouragement. The key word for this gift list, I believe, is manifestation. In verse 7, phanerosis is the Greek word. It's an exhibition, it's an expression, or it's a manifestation. These manifestation gifts display the life-giving power of the Holy Spirit that are shown through a believer. Their purpose appears to be to draw attention to God's power in hopes of drawing people into faith in Jesus. It was the crowd gatherer for people to hear about Jesus the Messiah. The second list is found in Ephesians 4, verse 11. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers. The apostle, one who establishes and strengthens churches, they're the pioneers, the beginners of the ministry of the local church. Prophets, one who speak forth the message of God, the visionaries. Evangelist, one who speaks with great effect the essence of the gospel so that people surrender their lives to Jesus Christ. And the pastor teachers, the one who shepherds, feeds, instructs the believers toward Christian maturity. I think the key word for this gift list is ministry. Verse 11, doma is the word, literally means a present. It's a present to establish the church. These are equipping gifts. The objects of these gifts appear to be for the church, the gathering of believers, so that they may be equipped to be one, united in Christ, and then able to serve in the world. The third list, Romans 12, 6-8, is the gift list upon which this sermon series is built. We have these words, in beginning in verse 6 of Romans 12. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. 
If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Prophesying, or the perceiver, the one who clearly perceives and presents the will of God. The server, one who loves to serve others, could also be called the gift of doing. The teacher, one who loves to research and communicate godly biblical truth, could also be called the researcher, as this is so central to this gift. The exhorter, one who loves to encourage others to live a victorious godly life, it could also be called the gift of encouragement. The giver, one who loves to give time and talent and energy and finances to benefit others, could also be called the contributor. Leadership, the one who loves to organize, lead, or direct, also could be called the facilitator. And mercy, one who shows love and care to those in need, also could be compassion, which is more comprehensive in today's language than the word mercy. The key word for this gift is motivation. This gift list is motivation. Verse 6, the word charisma, the gift, the gift that motivates. Motivation gifts are the gifts we possess. They are internal. They shape our personality. They motivate us to think and act the way we do. These gifts are how we see the world and how we view life. It is these gifts that we will give our attention to and teach about over the next several weeks. But first, let me lay a few more things on the table before that part begins next week. My friends, we are born gifted. Psalm 139 shows God's activity in both the knowledge of and the shaping of our whole life from even before we were conceived and certainly while we were in our mother's womb. As God has elaborately planned the work of the human DNA that calls forth our distinctives, how much more has he planned the work of his spirit in us that gives us with certain gives us certain personality distinctives that fit his plan for our life and in particular our life together as the church. We are all gifted. 1 Peter 4:10. Each one should use whatever gift he has received a huge implication of the giftedness of all believers. Romans 12:6. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. The assumption is still present of all have these gifts with added emphasis on the uniqueness of each. My friend, you are gifted. The core of your personality is revealed in how you think and act. And when you received Christ, he unlocked and by his grace you engaged all that gifted potential for the greatest good possible, for you, for your family, for the church, for all. And that leads to this. We are gifted for the benefit of others. These gifts were never given for us to use them for ourselves. We do not receive gifts to take selfies with them. They are for the good of others, the good of the community, and especially for the good of the family of faith, both those already in the family as those yet to be adopted by God into it. Again, 1 Peter 4.10, each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administrating God's grace in its various forms. When we fail to use our gifts of grace in the service of others, 
we become like the Dead Sea. Keeping them to ourselves, we become rancid, smelly, and unable to encourage or support life in any meaningful way. But also we need to know that the gift we have colors all we see. When we put on a pair of sunglasses, the world is colored. Everything is seen through that color. So it is with these motivational gifts. We see life in a particular way. Consider the gift list again from Romans from this perspective. The perceiver, everything will look either good or bad, right or wrong, in God's will or out of God's will. The server will see a situation and will look for ways to help. The teacher will look for truth in everything and will investigate and research and fact check. The exhorter will see opportunities to be an encouragement to people. The giver will look for ways to invest time and ability and money in providing for others' needs and to fulfill those needs. The administrator will see the large picture and want to organize and lead into a solution together. The compassionate person will see the hurts, the brokenness, and find opportunities to dispense and express genuine love. Each person will see through his or her motivational gift something different. Because our gift gives us only one perspective of the whole. Each perspective is valid. And each perspective is incomplete. Consider this. Six blind men go to see an elephant together. The first one feels the side of the elephant and says, it's like a wall. The second feels the tusk and claims that the elephant is like a spear. The third feels the trunk and says, it's like a snake, a very large snake. The fourth feels a leg and said, the elephant is like a tree. The fifth touches an ear and declares an elephant is like a fan. The sixth feels the tail and insists an elephant is like a rope. No one is altogether right, nor were any of them altogether wrong. It took all of them together to really see the elephant. Remember, they were blind. It is important to know our own gift. It is why we see the world the way we do. It is equally important to know the other gifts. We will not fully see the world until we learn together from each other's perspectives. All we have, all we are is a gift from God, including our spiritual gifts. I trust that God will put in each of us a desire to not only know the gift we have been given, but to do all we can to help grow in our gift so we can serve our Lord, our family, our church, and our world even more effectively. I also trust that this series will help us to joyfully accept the giftedness of others with greater respect, knowing that I need to, them to see more fully as well as they need to help me see more fully. I belong because God has made me and through his son Jesus has saved me. And I am gifted in Christ so that God can open my eyes and my mind and my heart to see and open me to the eyes and the mind of heart of others so I can see through them. This is what takes us together from image to likeness, from potential to actual, potential children of God to actual children of God who together bless the world for him. Pray with me. 
Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the gift of this life you've made possible and actual for us. Help us each to discover and by your grace unlock and engage the gift of your Holy Spirit so that we can live the life you fully intend for us. Remind us that none of us sees it all, but only a part. Make us one, Father, and together help us to see clearly. In Jesus' name, amen.